check one, check two. How are you? Hi, everybody. This is Tamika Michelle podcast show. What are we talking about today? The thrill of art. I'm trying not to tell you everything. For those who know me, I have lately been choosing my days. I don't want to be like most of these people you see advertising their stuff like crazy because it's Christmas time. I don't want to bug you. Thank you for your time and your noted attention. Welcome to a Tamika Michelle podcast show. And today's podcast show is going to be about arts and building something great. Building something specific on my slideshows. I'm trying to tell you what I do on my slideshows and not give away everything. So let's see. You're going to be asking questions. Guarantee. You're going to wonder how... I was able to produce this product. I can guarantee you that. This also what I can guarantee that this particular pod show will have you in wonder. Wonder. When is this podcast show? I'm not telling you the time, but I will tell you the day. Monday. This podcast show will have you, I guarantee you, in wonder, astonished. What I'm going to do is I want to advertise some stuff that I've already produced. And try not to tell you everything that I want to have included in my slideshow. But a lot of y'all was filling my slideshow. And I thank you, thank you, and I thank all of you for watching. Yes, welcome again to a Tamika Michelle podcast show. And I'm trying not to tell everything, but I'm going to advertise some things. Like I have art mugs, coffee mugs. And you're welcome, to, you're feel free to ask any questions, by the way. But I'm going to produce something that I'm going to tell you something. Like most people, um, if you've ever been to school for culinary, one of the things they teach you is how to take old recipes and combine it together. So I've taken, these are my original pieces, I've taken those and I've combined them together. You're going to see what I make a reference to. And then feel free to ask the questions. How the heck? I'm not going to curse y'all. Y'all get enough negativity all on Facebook, all on Instagram, all on WordPress. I'm a blogger too, by the way. So, what am I making reference to? I'm just really geeked and excited. I don't know about you, because I speak to a lot of artists. I'm actually friends with a lot of artists, and I know a lot of different artists. Y'all, some of y'all are performing artists. Some of y'all are y'all can sketch and paint and do a variety of stuff that I don't know how to do, or that's not my talent, should I just say? Um. The point I'm making with you is, I'm too excited. I got, mm, let me look, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, possibly eight different subjects of something brand new. And you're going to wonder how the hell was I able to pull that off? And I'm actually going to reveal it to you in this particular, not in this podcast. Sorry, y'all. Not in this podcast. I can't give everything away. 
I mean, what type of podcast person would I be if I just give everything away? You know, I wouldn't think that'd be a wise situation. I want to keep you in suspense. I want to excite you, entertain you a little bit. Okay, this is my podcast show. This I'm making reference to Monday's art gallery display. I'm going to take something old, combine it, and make it something new. And I can't wait to show it to you. I can't wait to thrill you. I can't wait to amaze why oh you. I'm in my living room right now, and sometimes I create a lot in my bedroom, but today I'm creating a lot in my living room, and I'm creating this, and I don't know about you as an artist, what type of art did you do, but have you ever created something that you amazed yourself? That happens to me all the dang time. What about you? I amaze myself sometimes. So what I want to do, I want to send y'all some samples. And I would love to hear your opinion. Your opinion, put dollars and cents in my bank account. Let's keep it real for a minute. Matter of fact, today I sold... This week, I sold two products. What did I sell? I sold a surprise squirrel image on a plate. I'm thinking about considering it, considering putting it on a face mask. Because pretty soon, I'm going to start selling face masks. I've already sold my first, and I'm advertising um, my face mask. It's my Vegas Fire face mask. It has, and I'll describe it to you, not a problem. Here it goes. It is really an image from the Fremont Experience Light Show. For those who are my Nevadians, how y'all doing? Hmm, my Nevadians, y'all know that. And for those who are not my Nevadians, who are not from Nevada or never been Nevada or have a desire to go to Nevada, I feel you. Okay, look, I lived there for eight years. I, you have no idea how much I feel you. <laughs> And then some people want to retire in Vegas. I kind of can't blame you. You know, um, I used to think about retiring, and I got some years to go. I'm 40, so, you know, I got some time to go. I was thinking about retiring in Canada. See, I don't know about you, um, but I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan, 313. I ain't lived there in 20 years, though, okay? I live in Jersey. Um, I love Jersey. It's so pretty here, and I mean, every state and city got its own issues, but in Detroit, that's the English name, Detroit, for those who um, want to know the original name of Detroit. It stands for three banks, uh, de, trois, three banks of water. I'm pretty sure it's more than that in Michigan, but the point I'm making, the person who discovered Detroit, Michigan, was obviously French, right? Because next door, don't know if y'all know how close Detroit is to Canada, where Tim is away. For those who live in New Jersey, y'all understand what I'm saying, what I'm trying to tell to y'all, because I'm going to make reference to New Jersey. For those who live in Jersey, and also for those high y'all doing, if y'all live in Philly, Canada is so close to Detroit. It's like a 10-minute across I believe it's the Ontario Bridge. I think. Don't quote me. But it's uh, the Ontario Bridge, I think. 
either you go across the bridge or there's a tunnel you can go through. For my new, my New Jerseyans, y'all know how close Philly is. That's how close Canada is. Now, when I went there, the first time I went there, I've been there so many times, by the way. Because I, I live 10 minutes away. I mean, why wouldn't I? Um, our money used to be worth more, you know. So I get a meal that's normally $25. It was my was American money at that time, during those years. <laughs> Seven, eight dollars is what I pay in American money. I used to have desires to actually open a public account there, but my logic was this shit. If my money is worth that much more, I actually call uh, Comerica Bank um, in Windsor, Canada, and they let me know all I needed was my state ID and the proof that I'm an American, and um, yeah, they will put money, of course they'll be my money, but the point is, I've thought about doing that. I mean, that's literally like a giant investment. But since um, the American dollar, for whatever reason, with an S, has, you know, plummeted, it's like, yes, our money's still worth more, but it's not like in no means back in the early 2000s. Yeah, I think it was early 2000s, yeah, where the money was worth that much. When I first paid off my first credit card, completely charged card off, it was a Hudson charge card. My Hudson, for those who live in Detroit, 313, y'all know about Detroit, y'all know about East Land, y'all know about Hudson that used to exist. Um, it was my first classy store that I shopped at. And um, when you qualify for the Hudson card, charge card, you qualify for the Target charge card. They went in the same building. So I believe all Hudsons are closed. Now today, Fast forward, today, Macy's is running the show. I've worked for Macy's twice, once in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and once in on the strip of Las Vegas, Nevada. I worked inside the fashion show mall right two years before I became homeless and, um, you know, pinhandled and, you know, I'm thinking about writing something calling Crack Lips. It's definitely a, a short story I desire to write, and I'm thinking about writing it, and I'm thinking about debuting it to you guys. And also, of course, I'm going to enter into contests and have my copyright all over it. Of course. Gotta protect your ass. I ain't trying to be funny. Okay, maybe I am. But you gotta protect yourself because, unfortunately, you live in a world people love to steal. If they can find value in what you have more than what you know about it, they'll take advantage of that. So don't let that happen to you, my artists. How are y'all doing? So let's get back to the subject and matter. So I decided not to retire in Canada besides the fact that I'm not an I'm not a Canadian. Um, I could say I don't speak French, but that don't matter. Only certain parts of Canada speak French. If you ever decide to go to Canada, know that every part of Canada does not speak French. And they have a different sort of French. Like I know what the fuck that means. I know I'm stuck on uh, duh, toi. It's a little obvious to Mika, <laughs> like a lot of kids in the 80s, late 70s, or 70s, maybe the 60s, I don't know. The point I'm making, we grew up on Sesame Street. They call those the um, babysitter um, shows, Sesame Street. Don't even know how functional Sesame Street is now, but not only did I learn a little, little 
cringe, but also my first name came from Sesame Street. My mother tells me this story. She was a kid having her second kid. How old was she? She was 18 when she gave birth to me. But my name been picked out since my brother's time. Um, my brother was born in 1978. <sighs> Pain ass. Anyway, um, she is pregnant. She was 16 years old, and she didn't like her name. My mother has a very old-fashioned name. She was named after somebody in her family that was way like a great aunt or something, I think. And um, she didn't like it. And my dad was deceased. For what I understand, them two argued about my name. Like, what? <laughs> okay, silly people. But I'm really glad my mom won the argument because I would not want... I mean, I ain't trying to be funny for those of y'all who are named this particular name. Margaret Ann. My mother's name is all from West Virginia, so you know that sounds kind of country. Okay, it's country. <laughs> coal mine, old school America. The coal mines, I was, it used to be like a big deal that like that was their industry. They still have coal mines, but it's not as big as my mother's time, my grandmother's time. You get me? So um, the point is, my mother didn't want me to have that name, and she won the argument. I'm her firstborn daughter, and my name is picked out since she was pregnant with my brother, because they thought they was having a girl. And, well, my brother is far from a damn girl. <laughs> a really big girl. My brother was almost 10 pounds, 9 pounds and 11 ounces. I was small, 6 pounds, 11 ounces, I think. The point I'm making to you is... Because of the influence of, of Sesame Street, it's my first name, Tamika. And I know a little French because, well, like I said, like a lot of kids from the 80s and 70s and so forth, we were brought up on Sesame Street. So you're talking to, and oh, by the way, um, Sesame Street is in, I believe, Ontario. Now, if you were to go to Canada, like I said before, everybody don't speak French. Most people speak English there. Most people that live in Canada, depends on what part. If you're like in Quebec, them people speak French, and they say it's the Canadian French. Like, I know the difference, but okay. So the point is I was considering going there. By the way, Canada is beautiful. If you ever get the opportunity to go, take advantage of it. So I just told you about where I'm originally from. I lived there in 20 years, folks. So I lived in a place where it was quite blended, meaning 10 minutes I'm crossing a bridge and I'm in Canada. So, um, yeah, so fast forward to the here and now. Let's talk about my art. So I got a couple of pieces. I can tell you some names of it. I have a, a category called art mugs. And in the art mug category, I have something I named my picture wow you have to see the angle of this is literally the Ben the Big Ben bridge that's coming from New Jersey to to the city uh, Philadelphia and the angle I got it makes your head turn and yes it is a venture that goes with that yes did I risk myself a bit just a little bit I used my zoom lens camera I was it was really an accident to be honest with you and when I got this opportunity to do this art gallery show, I was looking for the best pictures. And I had lost the SD card, but I was 
clever enough to start saving, making a habit of saving stuff on my backup Google um, photos. And I seen that picture and I was like, whoa, wow. That was my response. And everybody who's seen that picture said the same exact thing. So that was the first picture I sold at my art gallery show back in 2016. Let's see. I got back here in Jersey in April, May, June, July, August, September, October. October. So May, June, July, August, September, October. So six months of me being back in Jersey, I had my first art gallery show. And somebody paying for it. God is good. He'll give you favor when it don't make sense. In the shelter, I ain't going to say his name. All I know is that he didn't parade me around because he's a Christian man. I respect him. He's a family man. I believe he got like four kids. When I first met him, he had like one kid. And they've been reproducing him and his wife. And I'm so grateful that this person helped me and he didn't have to. But when he found out that I had an opportunity with Ronja and William Butler, please look it up who they are. They are two, they're a husband and wife, dual team artists. And they gave me an opportunity. They're famous artists here in Jersey. Um, their name is Ronja and William Butler. What type of work have they done? Well, let me go ahead and tell you for my New Jerseyans. You ever been to the Croc Center? Well, you see this stained glass window piece that they did. It's really huge. This is in Camden, New Jersey. The Croc Center is a property of the Salvation Army. The Croc Center has a gym membership. Last time I, I was going there, I actually volunteered there as a photographer, as a freelance photographer. I volunteered. It gave me my experience that I need because sometimes you really just need the experience. You know, so um, I even done a birthday bash and concerts and sports events for people, for organizations, for and like the Salvation Army. So the point I'm making to you is, I'm telling you different places where you can find their art. I'm trying to think where else. A lot of museums have their work. Matter of fact, the Croc Center one I made reference to, that's the Salvation Army Jim slash it's a church of course because it's a salvation army which you know already is christian based so yeah and these people ranja and william but ranja is the wife and william is the husband i i met one of their sons and um i'm so grateful for the opportunity i got when he the person who decided to fund me um, paid for all 45 pieces, 45 pieces of my work to be produced, bam, just like that. Not only that, but uh, to be produced, developed, and framed, 45 pieces. And all he was about me is making my money and getting exposure, the right type of exposure. So it's like, really, the great thing about Facebook, Instagram, um, WordPress, Twitter, these are all free avenues. Yes, you can advertise if you choose to, in a sense of like paying them. But let me tell you something real quick. I don't know you, and I don't know what type of business that you do, but I have to tell you something. If you can use a free avenue, you better do that. That would be the smart idea. Use the free avenue first, 
I've used, I'm not going to lie to you, I've used Facebook for advertisement and paid like, what, $20? I don't pay no, I haven't paid no more than that. I haven't gotten that position to where I can afford that. But if you can't afford anything, look here. Look for the free. I just named some free resources to you. So I don't know what type of art you do, what type of product you can produce. I don't think you cannot do it. I don't know you. I don't know your mind. But sometimes my mind, you mess with me. Meaning, I, sometimes I lack in confidence. Sometimes I hear voices of, not like hearing voices like I'm crazy, but like doubt and fear talk to me. Those things will bust your dreams. Those things will literally sap your joy. Those things will literally stop you from progressing if you let it. So let's get back to these images. So I'm in Jersey. So people say, why are you in Jersey? Why not? I lived in Vegas. I lived in Georgia. I've lived, like I said, Detroit. I live somewhere everywhere. You hearing what I'm trying to say? I've been somewhere everywhere. And when I was in a position to um, leave Vegas, when I say position, see, God will bless you and put you in a position where that problem that antagonized you, that problem that had you bound, that problem, I know I'm sound like a preacher, but I cannot deny what Christ has done for me. I won't deny it. And I don't know your faith, but if you are a Christian, I hope and pray you don't deny it either. You know, sometimes God will allow you to go through things. Like he had let me go through a hard situation. At first, I love Las Vegas. I mean, literally love Las Vegas. But I got tired of it. The heat, the climate, the disrespect when I got into a homeless position. It lasts three years. That's a long time when you're going through, you know, um, they have still have sandstorms, by the way. They still do. You say, no, they don't have sandstorms. Bullshit. I've actually seen where the sandstorm really knocking out windows of certain glass casinos. I've actually seen it. And then, if you ever desire to live in Las Vegas, one thing I will suggest to you, actually three things. Bono Bono Spanish, number one. Because it's Las Vegas. You know that's not English. That's Espanol. I know it's Paquito Espanol. I'm not going to sit here and make a seminar in Spanish and embarrass myself and let y'all joke on me like y'all are bilingual, okay? So I'm not going to do that to myself. My Spanish is not that good, okay? So the point I'm making, if you're going to go to Vegas to live, actually live there, Understand the industry. Okay. We have more people that's Hispanic. They say Hispanic, but some people get offended by that. Look, there are people who speak Spanish. <laughs> you know, they're, that's it. It's just people that speak Spanish who understand your culture. Meaning, I stayed in Vegas for eight years, so what was the culture? It wasn't just Hispanic, Mexicans, Puerto Ricans, and Cubans, which was a lot of that. But also, there were a lot of Filipino. I do not know their language. I wish I had an opportunity. I actually went to a Filipino buffet, and it was phenomenal. Um, really, really enjoyed it. What other culture is there? Well, I'll tell you. Casinos and casinos. 
So, born up you're Spanish, and know that the culture there is casinos. That's kind of weird to a lot of people, where there's a lot of casinos everywhere. They have the local casinos, they have the big casinos like MGM, and they all are connected. So if you don't know Spanish, you're in trouble, number one. Number two, if you do not have a trade, they have something, I'm trying to think what it's called. If you find a job in Vegas, like let's say you do culinary or you're a prep chef or something to that effect, they will, that's a full-time position, right? And so Job Connect, I sit here and tell you who you should talk to. Well, I can't think of the person's name, but I can tell you the name of the company. Job Connect, they have like four of them in, in Vegas alone, and they will pay for your schooling if you don't have a trade, by the way. You want to get into the culinary union. I'm, I'm talking about different things you can do with your life. I'm literally giving you far more advice than three. I know y'all have already picked that up, right? I get it. But I'm just saying, if you want to spread your wings and go to Vegas and move to Vegas, by the way, what else is there besides the Filipinos, Puerto Ricans, Cubans, Mexicans, and um, a lot of people from California come over. A lot of people who can't afford California for some reason, because they say it's really expensive. I ain't never lived there, so I really don't know. Um, they come right over to Las Vegas. What else would I advise you? Well, if you're going to go to Vegas on for a trip or to stay, if you're going to stay in Vegas, not only vote up on your Spanish, no, no, more than that, not only join the culinary union, no, 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 more than that, um, understand that it's a service industry and it's a right to work state, meaning your, whoever your supervisor is, could come right in and fire you and do not have to give a reason why. That's it. It's kind of scary, the thought of it, but it's quite 100% true what I'm saying. It's one of those right-to-work states. It's a lot of right-to-work states. They can fire you literally for no reason at all. I don't like that. That's why it's good to be a part of the union. Also, if you don't like the dry lands, don't come to Vegas. I'm telling you that right the hell now. 120 degree weather, that's dry, y'all. And then it's consistent. I remember days when I, this was when I used to panhandle, y'all, before I got delivered. And um, three Christian women paid for a one-way ticket to get me out of Las Vegas. They were scared for my life. They were scared for my life because they seen I had nobody protecting me and I had an ex-husband who was literally chasing me and beating me and throwing me on the ground on the strip of Las Vegas. Yeah. So it became a fearful, terrifying place for me at the end. I would say my first four years of living in Vegas, I loved it. But then those four years, i say maybe a year later, I met my ex-husband. And we were friends, and we became friends with benefits. And I know how that goes. Some of y'all. Okay, a lot of y'all. So, um, yeah, we had a lot of issues. If you get a partner that their perception of love versus your perception doesn't match, don't be with them. Or she, I know some guys, some fellows listen to my podcast show too, so let's get back into the here and now, my art. So, my picture, wow. Um, I'm thinking about advertising. Yes, I want to do it. Uh, my Vegas Fire. 
it's the picture I told you I took of the image off the the light show digital you'll see I won't show you I won't tell you everything but I'm just giving you a good idea also my Camden my Camden waterfront sunset picture also my electric blue picture it's self-explanatory it is electric and I will be advertising this in art mugs um, 8x10s and 4x6s in special type of frames. So, what type of art do you do? Oh, also, let me not forget this. I'm doing two other things called my, it's my, uh, the category itself is called my sticky category. Obviously, the art sticks, not sinks, sticks. So it's my 4x6 refrigerator magnets. I have one particular one I'm calling Mini Moons. That's one. You'll see it's self-explanatory. Also I have my, it's probably like a one by one, real small stickers about, I'll say seven in a row. Seven in a row would be seven dollars. Now if you were to buy five, 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 5, 10, 15, 20. That will be 20 bucks. I will show you what I mean in my sticky, cate- sticky category. And I have a variety of other refrigerator magnets um, from dumb- a picture from a poster that I possess uh, from Dumb and Dumber. Anybody out there a Jim Carrey fan? Anybody out there a Dumber and Dumber fan? That will be me. And yes, I prefer the first one and the last one, not the one in between. I haven't even seen that one. So I don't even know how that one goes. I was just told Jim Carrey wasn't in it, therefore I didn't want interested, you know. I feel like Jim, I don't know the other guy name. These two are a product. Uh, um, um, I would call them something that is essential for me to watch this movie Dumber and Dumber. Because this will be something that's dumb, I want to laugh, okay. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but also, I want to offer... Um, Facebook groups. I'm going to offer three. I don't want to throw too much stuff at you, so let's sum it all up. Art mugs, face masks, the possibility of other face masks, and art mugs, face masks, other possibility of other face masks, and a special project that I can't tell you the name. Because if I tell you the name, I'm going to give it away. And I'm trying not to do that. I'm trying to be wise with my art. So if you ever desire to do a copyright, let me give you a little info. Do no, do not, do no, do no. I'm making up words. What the hell? Let me slow it down. Do not go to trademarkengine.com. It's a third-party um, company that goes through um, copyright.gov. Don't know how much of the law you know. Don't know if you know how much um, authority you have to have your own copyright. Like, if you are a writer like I am, you can do the poor man's copyright, which will stand up in court. You can go ahead and mail yourself your manuscript, your poetry, whatever, and do not open it up. You can do that. That's what they call the poor man's. But if you want to go ahead and spend a little money, I can tell you how much it's going to cost you. Do not, like I said, do not go to trademarkentry.com. Because I went through them, I spent two hundred and thirty something dollars for a 
something they did not process correctly. Matter of fact, I thank God for those people that work at copyright.gov because they actually connected with me. Not one, but two different personnel and copyright.gov. Don't know if y'all know, copyright.gov is literally in the building. What building? The Library of Congress, Washington, D.C. For those who been following my work, y'all know I have a project that's still on the rise that I'm doing on my related grandmother because she worked in that building, that specific building. It's amazing how God allows certain people to rise up for you because they literally told me that what they did was wrong and criminal and was fraud. And I had the right to contact my bank and get my $233. I go to trademark engine for them to do a job. And they did not refuse to do the job. Matter of fact, not only did they not do the job correctly and efficiently, they tried to charge me for their mistake. Fuck that. Nope. I'm sorry. I don't mean to curse, but look, y'all, if y'all put your money in something, um, since when do you pay for someone else's mistake? The moment you show me that I can't trust you with my money, it's the moment you lost the customer and you got somebody telling the truth on your ass. And then I was also told from a third person at copyright.gov that this particular company, trademarkengine.com, is known for fucking up. It's known for losing customers. It's known for overcharging people. They told me how much I was supposed to be charged. $50. You hear me? $50. The most, $75, $80. Process to fee and whatever. The point I'm making to you is, don't let people swindle you. So, thanks to copyright.gov and the personnel there, and them emailing me and me actually calling them, um, and I have a history with that particular building, because for those who know the property of Washington, D.C., you know that the... That the Congress cafeteria is in, on the same property, I believe the same building, of the Library of Congress, because I actually visited that building doing research on my related grandmother, who back in the day, during Richard Nixon's reign and Linda B. Johnson's reign, she used to be a lunch lady. For those who know me, uh, my employment before COVID-19, I worked two years in, at um, Jennings Elementary School. Yes. I miss the kids so bad. I served from, pre, not pre-K, I'm sorry, kindergarten to fifth grade. And I was the, you know, sweet lunch lady who enjoyed um, not only feeding these kids, but it's so much more. You protect these kids, you guide these kids. Trust me, I had plenty of kids that were crying in line, and oh my gosh. So, um, and yes, okay, yeah, I did spoil them. I can't help it. To me, a child, I think about a child versus an adult. It's not saying, like I'm saying, elf all adults. No, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is when it comes out to a kid, a kid is a lot different than, I think we're all different, but no, listen, hear me out. Kids are so different. Let me help you out. They're all about, you know, for those who are parents, who observes their kids, knows what I'm saying. They make everything a game, you know, and they seem like they have a lot more fun than we so-called know better, do worse sometimes, sometimes not all of us, adults. 
So I'm going to give you a small example of how different we are versus kids. Now, remember I spoke about, you know, me being in a homeless situation for three years chronically in Las Vegas, in City of Sin? Well, I was quite depressed. I was very broken, and you knew it. If it wasn't for my clothes being tattered and just embarrassing me just talking about it, but I'm not embarrassed that God delivered me from it because that's not the life I live today. Thank you, Jesus. But also... I was really sad and broken. My hope and my faith was quite questionable. It got to a point, y'all, I didn't believe I was going to get out of that. It got to a point I stopped desiring to get out of being homeless. You would think a person who gets up like I used to, get up to catch the 5 o'clock bus, the 5 o'clock bus, the RTC, the 113, 702. I lived there for eight years. I know exactly the route. It's basically the route that's coming from off of Las Vegas Boulevard, okay, that's not really saying much, because Las Vegas Boulevard is pretty, you know, it's a big street. Um, I would get, I would catch the bus on Owens. So, it was literally up the street from the Salvation Army where I stayed at, and I stayed in the play dorm. I used to be at the Shade Tree. I used to be in a shelter called the Shade Tree. That sounds like a resort, trust me. I don't want nobody to be homeless. But the reason why I'm speaking about all this, I was so broken and so used to surviving moment to moment, not day by day. Some people say I'm taking day by day. No. If you're homeless, you're surviving moments by the moment. Meaning, you don't know if that, that circumstance situation is going to kill you. I was dealing with an ex-husband who was psychotic. I wasn't really aware of that. I wasn't fully aware of that. Okay, once I became really aware of this, I started praying, y'all, and to praying to get out of that situation and that marriage, in it, cut it, terminate it, serve it. Evening is meant to choke you and take, and take your life and squeeze it and torture it. No, that is not of God. God doesn't do things like that. He don't have to. That's beneath him. That's how I feel about it. That's how I believe or stand with him because I know him as a loving God, a mighty God. Hmm. I don't, he don't, I don't have to be that way. I don't have to live that type of life. So when I discovered I need to get out of this, what made me get out of it? What made me desire? Well, I say two weeks before I got, hmm, about, okay, I take it back, about two months. Okay, three months. It might have been four months, okay? I just know that, it was one, two, three, four people got off of the homeless shuffle. And I have a point to make when I make a reference to kids. Now, I was in my 30s when I was going through this three-year stretch. And what made me want to get out of being homeless, besides the fact that I was dehydrated every day and begging for money, I didn't go up to people, people joking and laugh. They get a smirk on their face when I tell them I used to panhandle. You say, oh, did you go up to people and ask and they got a dollar? I'm like, oh, no, I'm scared of people. <laughs> I am terrified of them. Okay, so I didn't, I was so scared to a point to where all I did was held a sign that read help and a cup. That's it. The one I'm making to you. I seen, I encountered a three-year-old little girl living in a tent. Where? Not in Vegas. Even though I have seen kids that were homeless in Las Vegas. 
actually a toddler. I remember that night. It was actually early in the morning. Me and a few other homeless folks, like five of us, were inside of this um, this um, bus stop. And uh, we're all waiting for the bus. Let me tell you something. I see the mother with her daughter, holding her daughter. So she wasn't old enough to be walking. She was holding her little girl. I don't know her, but more than likely she was escaping her abuser. Not too many women is going to take their kid. Well, actually, if you love your kid, you should take your kid with you. Okay? You want to protect your kid. If that man, that husband, that father is off the hook, baby. You take your kid and you go. And I tell this to any woman to protect her life and secure her life. Because if anybody would know, I would. So forth as being involved with an abusive man. An abusive man will have you doing all sorts of shit that don't make no good logical sense at all. As long as he get what he want about you, that's the only part that mattered in that position. It was a use and abuse situation. And I was doing dumb shit for love. And you know what? This Tamika is a fuck nah. But I'm sorry. I don't mean to curse y'all. But any of y'all who got self-respect for yourself, male or female, look here. Do not put up with the shits. Do not put up with the shit that will keep your ass homeless, being tortured, and beat on for love. Because God has so much more love. Another issue me and my husband used to have because I was in love with God and he wasn't. I had a fellowship with God, and he didn't. Okay, that kind of was a big, big, giant red flag that I shouldn't have liked. He played the game like he was a Christian. You know, know a couple of scriptures like some of the worldly people do, and use it to what? Make yourself look self-right. When the Bible tells you no man is righteous, only but God. That's it. That's what I believe, and that's what I stand for. So, let's get back to Vegas. And me talking about kids and how they're so different. I was so broken. I didn't believe I can get out of it. I was so broken. I didn't believe that I can be free from the abuse that I was just suffering. From the heat to the police chasing me away. Look, I'm being real with y'all. Vagabond. You know, that's what the, I think that's what they call them, vagabond. Well, I'm four years out of that shit. <laughs> and I can look back and go, wow, that was my life. You know, I seen a, a homeless little kid. This little kid was a little older than the, the one I seen a woman holding her little daughter in the middle of the night, waiting for the next bus to be on. To see in Vegas, it has something called a 24-hour pass. No such thing as a transfer, but 24-hour pass is convenient because you get to go to bus, to bus, to bus, to bus, to bus. And if you were homeless like I was, you'd find out where to sleep at, where not to sleep at, where the guards are going to mess with you, where they're not going to mess with you. You'll figure all that out. What businesses, guards, supervisors, and just people being completely, utterly lacking empathy, lacking empathy for life, let alone homeless people. They're still people, people. I hope none of y'all have to um, question if you should help a homeless person out, because I used to be that. So um, let's get back to the kid. So the kid I see in East L.A. For those who know L.A., I only been to California one time. Lived, I was there for two days when I was doing my homeless expose on the homeless people in, well, Clark County, Las Vegas. But I got an opportunity to stay in 
in Cali in San Diego, but my bus, for whatever reason, okay, the other reason is COVID-19, okay? The buses were canceled. Me and another guy who is actually from East LA, who helped properly get me back on the bus, um, not the Flix bus, they still owe me money, y'all. They ain't getting my money back. I had to not only lose um, $50, also pay $40 on the Mexican bus. The guy who, I think his name was Lloyd, me and him catch the cow, a cab to the Mexican bus because he said, I know this bus will take us to Vegas. And like, he was really a blessing in disguise because I needed to get back to Las Vegas, you know, so to finish my interview and to what? To help the Clark County community. If you want to know uh, a place that helps Clark County community, those living in 702 Las Vegas, how y'all doing? Salvation Army, North Las Vegas. The, the homeless coordinator, his name is Ryan and Juan. If you're interested in helping out a community center that helps out the community, you want to go with these people, look up North Las Vegas Salvation Army. They have schools where they have dorms, where they have, you know, basically, they get a trade-up on their belt, and they have a 98 percentile job placement. You hear me? And they work with social services to get these people housing. So this, not only do they have a free shelter, but they have a place, it's a campus. He called it a campus. Juan, who I believe is the head of Ryan, but they're both all about helping the 702 Clark County community. And it's a 98 percentile job placement, so I'm just you know, representing the 702 and the Salvation Army where I used to stay. They have a paid dorm where I used to stay. They called it a hostel. They provide breakfast and dinner. And of course, they provide church services and sometimes other nonprofits come by that particular church and they'd be on the outside, like it literally be across the street or, yeah, across the street or right there on, on the same block, um, basically giving out free food. Um, like I remember getting Chinese food from these people, I believe they were Asian, um, and the food was good. The food was really good. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of people who come by to just help out that community specifically. So 702 are doing big things. But let me get back to the little girl I seen in East L.A. For those, like I said before, who live in East L.A., y'all know Union Station. Union Station is what? Downtown L.A. Y'all know, right? So... Because I've talked to a, and know a lot of people. I know people that live in L.A. I know people who, you know, live somewhere everywhere. New York, L.A., Philadelphia, um, <laughs> of course, Jersey, right? All over Jersey. And Jersey has a lot of little towns. It's a beautiful, beautiful state, the Garden State. And um, I'm going to talk back to six, 6 and Wall Street. For those of y'all who live in L.A., or know about downtown LA, I got exposed to something I didn't know existed. Like, I know this poor kid. I wasn't really aware of that, but when you see a three-year-old come out of a tent, literally come home up under a tent in 6th Street and Wall, right there, that's where the Greyhound bus station slash Mexican they call it a limousine service. It's actually really nice. In my opinion, their buses are better than Greyhound. Just saying. My opinion. My opinion. So um, let's continue. 
I seen this little girl on Six on Wall Street. She came out and played with her toys being a little girl, three years old. She had to be three years old. Real small, real cute, black African-American girl, cute little two little um, pigtails on Six on Wall Street. I look up the history of Six on Wall Street. I found out what I was passing when I was in that cab with Lloyd. Um, that's called Skid Row. That's the nickname, I guess, street name. Skid Row and talked about how they made a big deal about being homeless and like it's like a right to be homeless. I'm not saying a person ain't got a right to be homeless, but a kid, it's, I feel like a three-year-old does not, should not have to go through what I've seen this little girl going through. It made me be grateful for my parents. I have to tell you, not one time was I in the shelter as a little girl. But this is the but. The but is, as much as I love my daddy, he's deceased. They were all, them two was always fighting. Therefore, that means my mom ain't had no steady place of living. Meaning, I'm not saying we're in the shelters. Do not get it mixed up. My mom, one time had an apartment of her own. Um, but we were staying with grandma. Our, grand, our belated grandmother, Minnie, uh, the one I made reference that she was a lunch lady for the Congress cafeteria. The point I'm making really with that little girl, she was just excited to play with her toys in front of a tent as I rolled by. My, I could feel my eyes dilating. It's that feeling for those who've been to ride doctor. Y'all know how your eyes feel when it's dilated, okay? I was like stuck. I could not believe what my eyes were seeing. At first, I didn't want to believe that I was a little girl out there, but I see little signs like um, a, a battery charged car without a battery. Car wasn't going nowhere because, you know, for those who get battery charged cars life size for a three year old, they have to charge it in somebody's house. The point I'm making is she was playing in, I seen that outside. It was a, a Barbie Jeep. And yeah, it wasn't going anywhere. And she come outside with her pigtails and she's just smiling and playing. Because you know, that's what kids do. They enjoy, but someone said maybe, maybe she's used to this life. And I'm watching and my face is like, I felt like Garfield stuck to the dang window when I seen that shit. That hurt me to see that. But kids are so different because their whole thing is focusing on playing. And enjoying life in a way that I feel like we fail ourselves as adults. We grow up and we learn how to be serious and responsible and accountable, but we forget how to have fun. I feel like as an artist, as a creator, I believe, I know that a lot of us are making products through our creativity. Check one, check two, how are you? So I am continuing talking about this little girl I seem homeless on 6th Street and Wall. I was told I was in Skid Row. I was driving, well, I wasn't driving, sorry, the cab driver was driving past me, and someone named Lloyd, who was helping me get back to Vegas where he stayed. So, I got back to Las Vegas, but I was so troubled I couldn't sleep. I, could, I had a problem with focusing because I knew this little girl is living in a place I felt like she shouldn't have had to go through that as a child. Some of y'all have had really tough childhoods. You know, everybody don't grow up with a normal, so-called normal family that, you know, take care of you in a proper way. I feel y'all. 
I feel y'all. Okay? And when I say the word I feel you, I understand. I don't lack empathy on that. So the little girl I was making reference to, well, I had a fight, and what I mean fight in. I couldn't sleep, y'all. Remember I said I couldn't sleep? I have problems with focusing. I didn't have no peace when I seen that. Because that's who I am. If I seen a little kid, I can't go up to nobody's kid and, you know, help a little girl that ain't mine. First of all, I'm pretty sure that's illegal, okay? And I don't want, I don't know who's in that tent that might come out with a gun or two. I don't know. But, you know, people do crazy stuff to protect their kid. And, you know, what's right, it's, it's understandable because the world's an evil and fucked up place sometimes. And my heart had me, I was aching, aching in my heart, aching in my mind. Like, I didn't understand why this little girl was going through what she was going through. But a lot of times it's not the why, it's the shit needs to stop. Meaning, this little girl needs to get off the streets. Her childhood is spent on the streets. So I'm going to tell you, I'm kind of grateful in a, in a different way with my faith about God when it comes down to this little girl. I'm not going to lie to you. It came out to this little girl, it hurted me to see her like this. It hurted me to, and then a part of me said, maybe God has a purpose for her because I like to believe it. God is not going to just let her be in that situation. And I had to fight on other podcasts. This is part two of talking about the three-year-old little girl in East L.A. And uh, I'm making reference to her as how kids are so different versus us. I was so broken. I can only talk about me, and I can talk about what I see. I was so broken when I was homeless to a point I wasn't even believing that I can get out of it. I didn't, my perception was so messed up. I'm going to tell you something. I met a tourist. I don't even know where that man is from. He seen me on the deuce, double deuce bus. That's the tourist bus that I was always catching. Well, he seen my raggedy clothes and he knew I was homeless. And he was friendly to me. And he gave me $10 cash money. I don't forget. I don't forget when people seem to care when other people don't seem like they don't give a fuck. They want to run you over because they feel like you're less, you're a subhuman because you're homeless. No, they're not going to say it. They might say it. They say it in different ways. Like, you know, um, the police shouldn't be chasing a person who ain't got no criminal background, like me. The police should not be coming after me, but because the police are what? Funded by the casinos, they're going to do what they have to do to do their job, even if it's unethical, right? So, I dealt with that. You'd think I would get tired of that for three years, right? But the guy, the tourist that I told you that I met on the double deuce, the RTC double deuce bus. I'm telling you these names because maybe y'all want to go on vacation. I don't know. Y'all might get away from y'all state. Vegas is actually a fun place to be. I don't know what's going on with COVID-19. Last time I was there was back in July. And I understand information changes so fast. Like I was on a site, uh, a, a Facebook group. And I would run a variety of Facebook groups myself. Uh, my only Vegas Facebook group that I basically cater to Vegas, right, is called 
my four days in Las Vegas, even though I was on the road for, if you add everything up, two and a half weeks. How was you on the road for that long? Well, I would say on the road, like I'm not in my apartment. I'm in a hotel, if it be in Cali or if it be in Nevada. So, maybe continue. Maybe you want to go to Vegas. Maybe you like Vegas. A lot of people love Vegas. And there's certain parts of me to love Vegas. And I felt like the decisions that I've made with my life and love has, well, it crippled me. You know, I could have still be in Las Vegas right now. I had an ex-boyfriend that we've known each other for years that wanted me to come back. But he's a user. He never really put his hands on me. But you can be abusive and not be beat on. Trust me. Matter of fact, emotional abuse is the worst abuse. So he was extraordinarily emotional abusive. So I have to tell you, ladies, that shit want to be up with no guy who looks for you to do every damn thing for him. Fuck all that. That's called being a dumbass for love. And ain't no, look, look, ain't no loving that damn good. And to be truthful, he wasn't the best. He was good at certain stuff, but other stuff... Oh, if I talk to somebody, y'all probably be laughing. I'm not going to do him like that. We're not in communication, but I respect me too much to be talking down about, well, him and how he don't measure up. Ladies, y'all get me when I say the words don't measure up. I'll just give you little clues. But anyway, um, like someone made this little post on Facebook saying, your ex-boyfriend, what will be his nickname? I said too short, and the man is 6'1". Ladies, y'all get but anyway. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I had to go there. But the point I'm making is all he looking for is somebody he can uh, he can just use and abuse. And then someone saying, Well, what if he's with somebody else? Well likely he is, I know him. You know, he's one of those guys that have to be up under somebody. If he's stupid enough to pay his rent, that, that, that's the one for him. And he ain't getting married. He's not the type to get married. One day me and him was talking and he just said it out of anger and anguish. And um, he straight up just, you have to listen to people when they upset because sometimes that truth pop out of them. He straight said, I don't never want to get married. I looked at him and he said, no way, because he don't want the responsibility. At least he had enough sense to let me know. That's the reason why me and him stopped talking. Like, I told him, I straight up told him, I said, I always have a love for you. But you're not a man that I will marry, you know. So, um, and know your worth. See, once I came back to Jersey, I started getting self-esteem. And once I started growing in the self-esteem area, that um, people like him, it's like, ha, ha, ha. What? You're a joke. You're a joke. So um, you're a clown. So I let him clown with somebody else, not me. And he has contacted me so many times. I've had to block him. It could be by my phone. It could be by uh, Facebook. Uh, he's a hacker. That's what he likes to do. That's one of his crimes. He's a criminal. That's another indication, ladies, that you don't want to be with him, right? Like if he'll steal from them, he'll steal from you. Even though I have to say he didn't have to do that because I was a dumb one giving it him whatever he wanted so um this Tamika won't put up with it I actually told him off one day this is what I said I always have a love for you but you're not a man I want to marry and I also told him that 
you get locked up. And he might be locked up now. Don't want to believe that he is. But it's a, it's a chance because he enjoys doing it. He feeds off of it. Criminal-minded individual. Okay. I can call him all these names. It's called a fact. These facts protect me and keep me from people like that. So I'm looking for a man that don't have a criminal background. I know we all got a past, but I don't want a man with a criminal background. And if he does have one, he may not still be a criminal. More likely, ladies, you know, he's still a criminal. A lot of them guys don't want to be tired. They want to take it all till they get caught. You know, but anyways. Um, being, being, I talked about him for a purpose. I definitely got a purpose in that. I went from talking about that little girl that I seen on East, in East L.A. to talking about being stupid for love. That little girl and me were completely different. When I became an adult, Somehow, my self-esteem, I didn't have any. It was knocked down for years of abuse. I'm being honest for a minute, okay? So, that ex-boyfriend made reference to. And when he called himself using me, I have to tell you a little secret. Adults are responsible for their own stuff. A three-year-old is not responsible for anything but being a kid. And that is to what? Play and have fun. It's the parents' responsibility to take care of them. That's really the point of me talking. And then also, she seemed happy and content. So that tells me she's used to being homeless. She probably was born there. And I had a fight with social services. They act like I was a damn case manager when I contacted contact them. And the response was, oh, I ain't going down there. Oh, that's not my district. This is the police in Orange County. Oh, that's not my district. It is the fuck your district. You just don't want to get up and do it. You know, a lot of times it is not just the parents who are not taking care of them. It's everything in the systematic fashion that they fuck over kids, children. So when I talk about a kid being different, kids are so different versus us. Their desires are far different versus ours. We just, when we say stuff to people, now for those who live in a world who's grown, I hope everybody who's listening is 18 and over. And you have a, a sense about what's right and what's wrong. Normally, adults who, you have people who are thieves, people who are liars, people who are cheaters, variety pack. Tamika should not have given up all what I had. I had a decent job of two years. I had gave all that up. It's because, honestly, bad choices with men. Men, and let me tell you something. Ladies, if this is not making you look bad. Don't be with no man who ain't going to help you. I ain't say he got to completely take care of you, but you ain't got to do every damn thing yourself. You got a problem, not a relationship. Know that shit. Meaning, when I'm talking about being abused, if you're in a relationship, if you're being abused, you're putting, if you have kids, you're putting them in danger. Not just you, them. And if you don't have kids, look here. You love you too damn much. Let me tell you something. I'm in my ex husband you see the most stupidest shit to me, among other things. He was not the brains in that relationship, y'all. I'm being real. Um, when a man tells you that because he had a scholarship at Virginia State. That's where he's from. 
he played basketball. He has friends right now who's in pro. Okay? Point I'm making is, he snapped off on the coach in Virginia State because he know more than a coach. I had better ideas. I quote him. I will say to myself, so you got into it with him because you have better ideas. And then he made it sound like, like the coach was the villain in his head. You know, psychotic people say shit to make yourself look good. When you start believing your own hype, you really need to question your mindset. You need to question your perception. You need to question um, if, if you think with your whole brain, because it don't sound like it. But anyway, um, when he tells me how the coach and how the school make all his money over the, the players and sell memorabilia with the players on it and all this other stuff, they're supposed to make money, baby. I want to say that to them. They're supposed to make money. I have a point in all that. Do not follow a foolish person. Do not follow a foolish man because you're going to go for a head dive. I went from having a job for two and a half years to pinhelling on the strip. I'm not going to say that I wasn't homeless before I met him because of that ex-boyfriend I spoke about that was a user, an abuser, and it's what it is. He kept getting locked up, and I was sending him money. I got tired of that. That gets tired really quick when you're living with his mother who's deceased now now not then but now um <laughs> who could not stand any woman close to her son which is to me is psychotic if all i ever did was take care of your son you should be grateful you should be thankful and well she was easing but that so but you know this is how i feel about people some people are not going to be happy these people are called miserable people and I, uh, this was my logic. I wasn't going to allow myself to live with her while he do more time, because he keep doing illegal shit, stealing shit. How, uh, no, done, done. So, um, and I get into a relationship with my ex-husband. And like I said, friends from benefits. And, and then he made it sound like, like, like he really cared for me like that, and he tried to obey God is what he said. But I'm pretty sure God didn't tell you put your hands on your wife and degrade her. In public and in her home did not matter. On the strip of Las Vegas and in her home. It got so bad. Let me tell you, I used to penhound. Remember I said I was a penhound? I was a penhound while being married to him. Oh, when I made my choice to get a divorce from him, I made sure that I went to legal aid and make sure that I was able to get my divorce, no connections, period, done, right? And this is the reason why I'm speaking about all this in a circle, okay? I'm comparing that little girl to me because I feel like the little girl is innocent. Three years old, you're innocent. And kids, their focus is not where our focus is at. My, honestly, besides lust, I'm keeping it real. I'm a 40-year-old woman, y'all. 100% woman, heterosexual woman. Just like a lot of men, their whole mindset is, you know, how to get fucked. Or different ways to get fucked. Look, I'm just being honest. So, we women have those desires too. Now, I talk about the little girl. In all honesty, 
I don't blame myself for my ex-husband hitting me. I don't blame myself for letting... Well, actually, no. I do blame myself in the sense of putting up with it. That's, these are choices that I made. I didn't really figure that out until, you know, later in life. And um, this three-year-old little girl did not make them. She could not have made them. You go to a little kid and say, let's be homeless together. <laughs> Unless you make it like a game. But, like, trust me, I'm pretty sure if they understand what homelessness is. And, by the way, if you're homeless, there's so many risks. If you're a mother, if you're a kid, it's even more risk. Risk meaning risk of losing your life. There are sick people out there. I hate to say that because I'm very inspirational. I like to talk about the good in people, but there's a lot of actual walking evil people who actually kill homeless people and they don't even get charged for it how do i know well i used to be homeless for three years i'm not dead but i know too many women that were missing in las vegas and bodies were found later or there's one situation that happened in las vegas it was really messed up because you have to understand this city is sin so everybody's perception is that oh these are throwaway people these are prostitutes even though, I don't know if y'all are aware of prostitution, it's not legal in Vegas, and I think um, way outside of Vegas. They have brothels, the Bunny Ranch. Is it the Bunny Ranch? No, they have something called the Chicken Ranch. They actually pick you up. You call their phone number for those who do that sort of thing, and um, they will actually take you. They mean the brothel house will take you to the brothel house, you do your business <laughs> and put you back into your hotel room. Yeah, so when I think about all the madness that I was doing trying to play wife, I was faithful. I look back on it and say, my ex-husband didn't deserve me because I was too good for him. A lot of times in relationships, you know what the real problem is? You're too good for them and they know it. And all he did, my ex-husband, well, I can't talk about who you with or what you, who you've been with, but when you're with an abusive person, all they do is, talk, is really abuse you. That's what they do. That's what they get their jollies off. At the end of our relationship, I got an opportunity to call home a, what I really feel, a be-made N-word. I don't use terms like that unless you earned it. Trust me, ladies, he earned it. Um, he was... Black American slash Native American, 100% nuts. So, <laughs> jokes aside, when I think about a child, a child is so much different. And there's a reason why I'm, I'm comparing a child to me. So, the desires for a child is different versus my, me. I was trying to protect a person who wasn't protecting me. Honestly, I'm a victim of love. Love, lust, we can keep going. But I've been a victim of that. But that's my past. But when I see that little girl, I would apologize, but I'm not sorry for feeling bad for her and feeling hurt that in a place like East LA, East L.A., and a place like California, beautiful, beautiful, oh, so, so big, 
Let me give you an example of how big it is. I went to San Diego, so my Flix bus drove and like I had transferred to another bus to, in LA to get to San Diego. Is it LA? Yeah, we transfer in LA. I'm sure of it. The point I'm making to you is real simple. California is huge. So it took like what six more hours after I got off the bus in East LA. It took me like six seven hours to get there. So California is pretty big. And I got to see a homeless little girl. It changed my life. Meaning, it made me pay attention that there are kids that are in poverty. There's shelters that, that family orientated. And if you want to go ahead and, and give to those shelters, um, I don't know what state you're in right now, but I believe the Salvation Army is normally for single people. Some of them, some people are couples, but I mean, um, that's normally for single people or couples. I don't remember seeing a kid in Salvation Army campus at all. Uh, campus slash dorm slash <laughs> everything in one spot slash church. Don't remember seeing no kids. So, unless they were volunteering with the church, besides that, no. So, if you want to give to the like single people or just the couples, I actually met a couple in and North Las Vegas who actually um, put their kids in foster care because they refused to let their kids be in a homeless shelter. I respect that because a lot of people don't do that with their kids. Unfortunately, I got to see in East LA, downtown, California, East LA, off of Six and Wall Street, they don't do that. I would think if you had enough sound mind to know that you want to have a kid and bring a kid into this world. Stuff happens all the time, y'all, all the time. Things sometimes don't work out the way you planned it, right? But this is the thing. Why are you making this child suffer in East Dutch, Six and Wall Street? So I'm hoping to God that you're not one of those people who take their kids everywhere they go, you know? And like, what I mean is, why would you put your kids in the mud like that? If you see what my eyes have seen with East LA, 6th and Wall Street, it is Tent City. I've heard of Tent City when I lived in, in Vegas, but it was like maybe one or two blocks of tents. I've seen at least several. And you know how there's houses on the block? There's none. Left, there's a tent. Right, there's a tent. There's a tent in the middle. Meaning, if, let's say you have a tent and you're homeless, right? Tent, tent. Tent, 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 left. Tent, 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 right. All the way to the block is done with. And then you go to the next block and you see no businesses for six, seven blocks at least, if not more. Tent, 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 left. Tent, 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 right. And that tells me if there's homeless little kids, homeless meaning living in a tent, at least he was in a tent. If I want to look at the positive out, out you know, out of all of it, because you got to look for the positive. I try to look for the positive. That means there's actually kids that's actually homeless. Like, not hopeless now. I said homeless, not hopeless. Okay? So when I see this little girl like this, 
All I wanted to do was help her. People act like when I was calling Orange County, I called the police in that particular county of that area. And the point I'm making to you is, I got more attitude than anything, more arguments than anything, more offense than anything. Instead of let's go and help out this little girl and her family, they want to do what? Tell me how I was wrong because I don't live in their state. I live in this damn country. I can do whatever. The... Ooh, I gotta wash my tongue. They try to tell me how wrong I was to feel, to care, to have. I don't lack empathy. I don't have that type of problem. Some people have lacked that problem. Them psychotic motherfuckers. Sorry, not sorry. They're psychotic. And I've been taught the difference between a psycho versus a crazy person. A psychotic person, let's break it down. Y'all know what it is, right? So a psychotic person is a person who knows what they're doing and they like it. They feed off of it. These sick, sadistic monsters that walk on two legs. Yes, that's a psycho. So is there a hope for psycho? I like to think they are, but like I'm not trying to waste time to figure that shit out. I got five case managers, one police officer, all telling me no. I couldn't sleep at night because I treasure life too much. I treasure an innocent three-year-old life. She don't know the crazy shit that a lot of people deal with to keep a roof over their head. When I was with my ex-husband, I wasn't always homeless. I'm being honest. We used to have an apartment till he didn't want to pay nothing no more, and he had me paying everything. And I got tired of it, so we both wound up losing the place. Of course we did. So we used to stay for those who live in Vegas or know about Vegas. We stayed not too far from the Hard Rock. I heard they're closing. If they're not already closed already. I think that's Flamingo. I can't think of the other cross street right now. But the point is, we used to stay there. It's a suite. See, Vegas, the thing about Vegas that people like is that you don't have to have good credit to get a place. All you have to do is have money. That's it. A state ID. Um, um, you don't have to have... Oh, by the way, you do not want warrants because a lot of these hotels do background checks. Like, I'll tell you a name of a company that does background checks and some of whom they don't. One particular one is called the Seagull Suites. I hope they got their shit together because I've stayed in them before and I have a lot of friends that stayed in those before. All you had to have was state ID. You just have the money in hand because they know a lot of people in Vegas is doing illegal shit to get rent. A lot of women won't went homeless like I did with my ex-husband standing by his side. I admit I had the choice not to be homeless. I could have went into a shelter. But I knew about Shade Tree, and I'm telling y'all, if y'all donate to shelters, do not donate to Shade Tree. It's crooked. How do I know it's crooked? Well, hmm. When you are in a shelter in Shade Tree, it sounds like a resort, and trust me, it's not. I didn't know any better because I was out of state. I didn't know that I was really in the hood. When you see palm trees everywhere, you get confused. I know I did. Um, so what's the crooked part I'm making reference to? I can't blame no government official. I can't. I don't really know if they are involved in that. I just know the staff would steal from the women. How do I know this? Well, I knew a staff member. He was a chef. Who was a, he was the only male chef I ever seen. He cooked really good. He um, had a big heart for the women there. He got 
not one woman fired, not two women fired, three women fired. When you are working for the homeless census, you go to the across the street, the cathedral is a shelter for men and they serve dinner at night, like at six at night, I believe six thirty, six after six o'clock. The point I'm making is that they have social services there, welfare, food stamps is there. Um, my point I'm making is all in that facility. So they have um, job development there, I think so too, and different things for immigrants and um, what they count as a refugee. I'm going to have a podcast show about what refugees are because I've actually volunteered and assisted refugees. I find out where a lot of people, people just love to hate people. That's it. And they look for an excuse because you're not from where I'm from. I'm going to hate you. How can you hate people who ain't got a place to stay? Hold up. They're technically homeless. No, a little worse than that. A homeless person, like I was, I made a lot of emotional decisions through abuse that if you look at the statistic of domestic violence, most of those women do not have a place. Oh, they have a place from place catch me so I made a lot of decisions that well put my life in an abusive person's hand you only ask to put um torture and one torture is not having a consistent place I remember as a little girl I'm being honest that um I didn't have my first friend until I my mom divorced her abuser being honest for a minute um my dad um, and we stayed in the neighborhood where, so therefore we got to know the neighborhood and the kids. And I got my first friend, close best friend, and best friends that I still stay in contact with. One of them is Tanisha, who's an artist. I met her in middle school too at Columbus Middle School. I didn't have friends before that. I mean, I had friends, but I used to get mad because I was constantly moving and I was losing friends. So, um, so I, it's not that I ain't friendly, I'm actually very friendly, but. Um, I'm friends to those who are friendly. You know what I mean? That only makes sense, right? So let me continue about um, going forth, talking about this little girl, being homeless. And this also teaches me that there are kids that's not even living in a tent. As hard as that is to imagine, I want you to imagine for just a second that you are a kid for whatever reason. Maybe your, your parents have drug issues. Maybe your parents have mental issues and drug issues on top of that. I knew a guy who was legally emancipated because his mother had mental issues. He was emancipated at the age of 15 years old. 15 years old. I met his mother. She has severe mental issues and she refused to take her medicine. So it got to a point to where they were trying to make her take her medicine and she would hop out the window and be missing and be gone. Yeah, but if you have a mom like that or a father like that or a father who ain't even there, you know, these, I can see how homeless can actually be a part of your life. Good thing for my friend I make a reference to that he had a relative that, well, will allow him to work as a, and he actually graduated from high school, um, working two jobs, you know, he did big things, but he was used to taking care of himself. And his relative actually allowed him to stay in his place and pay 
a small amount of rent. I know y'all probably might not agree with that, but like either he do that or be on the street. And a lot of his life, he told me he was used to being on the street. So um, these people, they exist. A lot of kids is 18 years old. Look, I'm being real with y'all for a minute about homelessness. Cause it's, excuse me, there's different geographics. A lot of 18 year olds are homeless. Why are they homeless? Well, a lot of kids don't know their mom and daddy. I don't know if y'all wear that, but I'm just going to, I've met people that, well, they had to leave, um, I don't know if it's foster care or what they call it, but I just know it's a facility where if you don't have parents, like a guy I knew, Ashley, you had a good association with, he was a nice guy, he was 17 years old, but looking for work frantically because he knew that when he turned 18 that the streets is where he's going. I have issues, y'all. Don't pretend that I don't at all. But you don't know your mom and dad. And then can you imagine you have to be out at 18 by your 18th birthday? And I think that's really unfortunate for people. I don't know if y'all are aware these people exist. So I don't know what type of um, donating you want to do. But if you want to help out young adults like 18-year-olds, go to foster care to the state and ask them. Who need the help and donate to them. Now I don't know what state you in, but you give them a call. Everybody Googles. Do your Google. And you know what? I'll be honest for a minute. I'm a very charitable person. For me to be homeless for three years, I have to say I'm so grateful that I was that me being homeless like that did not pull me to a point to where I lost heart for people. I've been hurt by so many people in my life. And you probably have too. I know I'm not the only one out there that's been hurt by people. So many people. It taught me some things, but I refuse to lose my heart is my point. I refuse to not be charitable. I refuse to not lack empathy. I actually am a very caring person. Now you can't tell that to everybody, by the way. You can't tell it to a user. They're like, oh, I got a dumbass. So I'm gonna use you until I can't use you no more. You know what I'm saying? So I understand why some people don't share that because of the stuff that been, that's been thrown at them. And you don't know me. And I don't know everybody who's listening to this podcast show. So meaning that I get you if you are afraid to give. Some people say, I don't give because they can take that money and they can go drink. And I've actually seen them take the money that I gave to them. And they went drinking with it in my face. That pisses me off because people don't know how to give. That's that's the part that pisses me off because it's like, oh, it's oh, this can happen, this can happen. Guess what? We all have so many days to be here. All got so many moments to be here. All got so many years to be here, and that's it. The song is gone. The story is closed. The book is closed. We all got a certain amount of time to be here. Can't tell you I know when yours is, nor mine. I just know I was born March 6, 1980. I just know I have a lot of love to give. But I'm not trying to be stupid in supporting someone who is a sick, sadistic individual. And this is how they get off. And I 
hope that you don't allow that to happen to you either, regardless of how much love and respect and admiration or honor you have for a person who don't honor you. I've been there. So I, I get it, okay? So when I talk about my art, I'm trying not to talk too much about the subject because it's a big surprise. But I will tell you, this is part two of me talking about my art and you talk about how kids are so different. When I actually served them, counseled them, they don't have the same problems that us adults have. They have problems, they're quite similar, but they're not like ours at all. I can't help but love the fact that they're that way. Maybe I needed some innocence around me versus the uninnocence I've had around me. You know, I don't know you and what you've went through in your life, what hard times you've been through, but let me tell you something. It don't rain every day. It don't rain every day. Meaning that someday it's going to get better for you. And a lot of times it's, it's about our environment. We might have to change our environment, but a lot of times it's on the inside we need to change. Meaning, we need to take care of certain things within ourselves. Practice self-compassion, self-love. That you can get, be a better giver, by the way, when you learn how to take care of you. One thing I do when I give, I give back to myself. Meaning, I get joy when I give. Meaning, I don't care what they do with the damn money. Not that I don't care about my money. Don't get that mixed up. Matter of fact, if you decide to donate to this podcast show, feel free to do so. Y'all have been doing that, by the way. If you feel a need or a desire to ask questions about my arts, like I talked about my electric blue, my first 3D picture, purple 3D tunnel picture, my waterfront Camden picture, my sunset picture, and some of these things are on the mug. Uh, my Camden Library Lady picture. It's off of a historical landmark. It's 220-something years old that I had an opportunity to actually take pictures of this art and put it in black and white. And it is on the walls of Camden Rutgers campus inside their lobby space. Last time I checked, it was there. Don't know what happened with COVID-19. It's been 8, 9, 20. Okay, it's been three years since I've done it. I have that particular Camden lady on my, you'll see, my art mug. And like I said before, I have the stickers. And I have my 4x6 magnets with a variety of characters. And I also have a couple of... Um, I have a couple of postcards with different images, and I'm going to do other things with that. And I think I might, if I have time, I do not want to waste y'all precious time. Um, display, um, I have a couple of pillows and things I will be doing in the future with it. So with that, but I'm selling it, of course I am. So, and I'm also selling some 8 by 10 and I will describe them to you. And like I have me a bumblebee shot. That's of course in Jersey. So what you want to talk about when it comes down to art? What do you do? What are you going to create? I've turned my living room to basically my art studio. 
it's basically my, my bedroom and the living room is an art studio. But the creation starts in my mind, in my heart, and as well as with my tools. And my vivid, my detailed, unique, eccentric imagination. There's definitely a bit of brilliance. It's okay to celebrate that you're brilliant. I like to believe you're brilliant too. Not okay, yeah, because you're listening to me. <laughs> of course, I want to believe that. I want to believe that, you know, good minds, our type of creative minds, think alike. So, this is part two of my art show on Monday. And I hope to see you there. I'm going to have a slideshow. And I got a different subject that I just took care of today that I will be displaying. And I like to think I'm going to be wild. I can't wait for y'all to see it. I can't wait for y'all to be so thrilled and excited about it. Because I'm thrilled. And I'm an artist. And not only am I an artist, but I'm a fan of art. And the story behind it. So I hope to see you there. So this is part two. Talking about my art. And thank you, by the way, for listening and hearing me out. As well as supporting this podcast show. And sponsoring this podcast show. And yes, of course, you're welcome to leave a voicemail here on this podcast show. It's completely free. And if you desire to, from a dollar on up, I accept donations. Yes, of course I do. I like to think that would be the smart thing, right? Y'all have been donating. Keep it coming. And I hope that I put a smile on your face. I hope that I help ignite some imagination on the inside of you. I hope this has been an advertising about my my life, really, <laughs> and also how I'm taking those emotions and putting it right into my work, along with, of course, my imagination that, that really is the fire right there. So you keep throwing your fire. This has been a part two, Monday, get ready, get ready, get ready podcast show. Thank you for the love and admiration, the messages and the compliments, and yes, even some questions. Thank you for admiring me and spending time with me here at my part two Monday podcast show. So y'all get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. This is a Tamika podcast show over and out.